Yo, welcome to episode 141 of the Zay Coleman Podcast. It's your boy, Mr. ZCP from the 863, a.k.a. Zay Coleman. And today, the Lakers finally did something solid. Now, it sparked a topic of conversation that I will get to in a moment from on my personal level, not from Twitter. But it's a, it's a good day for the Lakers fans. I can't believe I'm saying this, a, a positive thing about the Los Angeles Lakers, but they actually made a trade last night, actually, which was even hilarious to say that they uh, traded for Patrick Beverly. They traded was it ta- it was Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson, which was a uh, an interesting. I forgot that Stanley Johnson was under a guaranteed deal with the Lakers. I thought he used to sit in free agency, but for sure, W pickup. I think it was a W trade for both teams. Honestly, like I said, realistically, the Jazz probably weren't competing for a playoff spot. What the Lakers? The Lakers have a chance to compete for a playoff spot. I'm not saying that this team is god awful to where they would be a 15 seed, but I'm not as big of a fan of this team as I want to be because like I said, a lot of the pieces they have, plus Patrick Beverly, I think is a solid team. It's just like there's so many questions question marks around this team that even I can't answer in as of this recording, August 26, 2022, but. Overall, I think the trades are dope. Like I said, Patrick Beverly gets to go to a veteran heavy. I don't want to say heavy, but a veteran team, more veteran than Utah Jazz or at this point, a, a solid team, a solid enough team in the Lakers to where like I think he can pe- can, can keep his playoff streak alive. But also, Utah gets two young prospects, Stanley Johnson, who's really solid for the Lakers, at least on the defensive side of the basketball. A really solid defender for the Los Angeles Lakers, at least when he got to play. And then Taylor Horton Tucker, who still is only twenty one years old, and still has potential. I know, like I said, a lot of that has subsided ever since he basically got exposed in the Lakers system. But the track record for young young players getting traded by uh by the Lakers is a positive track record to say the very least. Um, so he has that going for him at least. But overall, like I said, W trade on both sides. I think this will eventually lead to interesting. Locker room issues, not I don't even say issues, but locker room situations with Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook there. And even, like I said, because Patrick Beverly, he don't listen to nobody. In Houston, it was James Harden. In L.A., it was PG and Kawhi. Minnesota, he was kind of like his own dog. And then, now with the Lakers, it's LeBron James. He He's not the type of person that's going to take, I wouldn't even say criticism, but take... uh. It, I want even. I wanna, what's the word I want? I want to use for this. Take. Uh, I want even. All right, we're going to use advice just for the, uh, a lack of a better term, but just advice from a, like a head guy in that locker room. And in all honesty, I I want it to work out because, like I said, I love Pat Bev. I'm probably very much in the minority of that, but I love me some Patrick Beverly, man. I think he he has that dog in him that not a lot of dudes in the NBA got. So. <clears throat> With that, with that doing uh respect going his way, I absolutely uh, like this pickup for the Lakers. But we'll see if it works out. What I want to talk about though, Lakers fans, I think we had the we I've had this I had this discussion last night with a homeboy of mine, but we were basically discussing like the Lakers really gave up a lot. In the last couple of years, just to like get to this moment, and this tweet from uh, Anthony Irwin kind of got kind of basically does this. 
is choosing THT over Caruso and then trading THT and Stanley Johnson for a worse Caruso is a pretty decent summary of uh, Rob Polinka's tenure with the Lakers. I have this discussion. Well, I'm I was reading the comments because I was very curious of what people were saying about this. And one person said, or somebody it's basically somebody was talking about the Lakers young core and futures and shambles because they're trying to build for the the now instead for the for the future, knowing that they're not competing for a championship. And somebody replied, How's it how's it in shambles when we have Scotty Jr. Cole, what I assume was Cole Sweater? Uh, Pierre, I also assume was like a, an a autocorrect and he meant Reeves, uh, Jay Huff, etc., which all signed a two way. So please be quiet. And then somebody replied, That's barely a young core and barely any picks in the future. I replied to the same dude, the dude that was talking about how it's in the, the um, that basically named Scotty Pippen Jr. as the, the head of their young core. I said, I'm just gonna be honest with you. Please, I'm, I'm, and when I say honest, I'm 99% of NBA fandoms going to agree with me when I say this. I'm taking Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Alex Russo, Kyle Kuzma, Julius Randle in the right head space, and Avisa Zubak over what you just said, aka Scotty Pippen Jr., Coach Sweeter, Austin Reeves, and Jay Huff. Which, again, I love those dudes. I think they're going to be amazing players. Dot 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 in the G League. I think I think Scotty Pippen, uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. and Jay Huff, I think have potential in like in the NBA. I think they have genuine potential to be solid role players. But you're not comparing Brandon Ingram, who was in a borderline All Star, I think at this point in his career. Lonzo Ball is a as a bona fide starter. Alex Caruso is a bona fide six man on a playoff team. Kyle Kuzma, who was the, the Wizards' second best player last year, Julius Randle in the right headspace, i.e. in uh. 20 was 2020 2021 where he was averaging 24 was an all nba second team i believe it was all-star and led the knicks to the fifth seed and if he's a zubak who's a perennial starting center in the, in the nba i'm taking that young core over which all of them were on this exact same roster at one point all of those guys over that Scotty Pimp Jr. Scotty Pimp Jr. is probably the one Laker that's going to get PT next year. Like, actually, that's Cap. It's going to be Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves is going to be the one Laker that gets legit PT next year. But even then, like, he's not going to average more than like 10 a game. So, where exactly are you getting the young? Like, I that team doesn't. When you read off Scotty Pippen Jr., Jay Huff, uh, Cole Sweeter, and or Swider. I don't actually remember how you pronounce that. And Austin Reeves. That doesn't scream good young core. That just screams young players on a roster full of veterans. I'm sorry, but like, and again, there's no disrespect because, again, I love all of those dudes as as players. But let's be honest. That's, that doesn't that doesn't scream, oh, Brandon Ingram's going to be, or is, like, Scottie Pippen Jr. is not going to be better than Brandon Ingram. I'm just letting you know that. Cole Swider is not going to end up being better than Lonzo Ball. Again, I'm sorry. That's just honesty. None of these dudes are going to be perennial all-stars in their career. So I don't understand how this is going to be better players than than uh than what was with Brandon Ingram or better than Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, or, or Alex or even Alex Caruso. None of these dudes is getting paid the money that Alex Caruso is getting paid currently by Chicago. But anyway, get back to what Bro replied to me was saying. Brandon Ingram is your only argument here. Took ball four years to get where he is now. Even still, so still the pass first guy, which is a better player than what you have right now. 
Caruso only good for defense, which is a lie, by the way. Stop looking at all the highlights and actually look at the game. As bro was watching a highlight of THT. <laughs> Just want to point that. He can only get you five to nine points even when he's hot, which is never, which never, which, <clears throat> anyways. Kuzma couldn't do ish in the Lakers system. Gotta say ish because we got sponsors. Hella 50-50. Julius Randle is probably the one of the best ones on the list, but yet don't impact the game. So like I said, we find with the young core we do have because of pass first, a pass first, a shooter, a 3 and D, and a center that can get you blocks. Space to four, knock down the J since leaving none of these motherfuckers are all-star players but B.I., which is also a lie because Julius Randle was an all-star. He said, so next. Lakers fans, I really try not to do this to y'all. And I know that's the minority of Lakers fans. That's a debate. That's a debate, to be honest. But y'all got to be something. Stop being so damn delusional, bro. Y'all, you just try to argue that Cole Sweeter is better than Brandon Ingram. It's basically what you just told me. You're fine with your, quote-unquote, fine with your young core, end quote. That hurts my head, bro. Like, you look at every other team that's currently building around a young core. You're looking at Detroit. You look at Orlando. You kind of look at the Knicks. That's still a debate, but kind of look at the Knicks. You're looking at uh, Cleveland. You're looking at uh, Boston still somewhat. That somehow is building around a young core. You look at... Memphis, you look at Atlanta, all of those teams that currently build around a young core, I'm taking over the Lakers when their young core over the what you view as a young quote unquote young core. God's probably going to average a combined like 15 to 18 minutes a game between the four or five. Eh. Like I said, if Austin Reeves is a starter, maybe like close to like 25 minutes a game. I think Austin Reeves is going to be like the one guy that plays minutes on this Lakers team. Let's be, I'm going to be honest with you. Scottie Pippen Jr. ain't going to be a starter on this Lakers team at the end of the season. Unless the Lakers are 15 games out of the play-in and they're resting everybody. So you're going to see Scottie uh, Pippen Jr. And, and Jay Huff get 30 minutes a game because they're tanking. But also if you, uh, besides that, like I'm not trusting these dudes on this current Lakers team right now. These dudes ain't going to get any minutes. Those point guard minutes are going to go to Russ. They're going to go to Pat Bev. They're going to go to Kendrick Nunn. They're not going to Scottie Pippen Jr. Those center minutes, they're not going to Jay Huff. They're going to Damian Jones. They're going to Thomas Bryant. And they're going to go to Anthony Davis when he cares enough to play the center spot. That's just a matter of fact. Stop coming here being this delusional over a minimal, let's be honest, this means nothing in the long. This conversation means nothing in the long run. It's probably I'm probably not going to care about it five minutes from now. But the fact that you wanted to spew this argument, just it it's asinine, bro. It's asinine. But what y'all wanted me to actually get into? This is the final episode of uh, the final episode of all season reviews, man. After this, I have no idea because we still got another month until preseason preseason begins. But it's the last it's the last overall uh, episode of off season reviews. You're going to actually, I just lied a lot again. I'm sorry. Um, 
next episode is actually going to be my uh, power rankings episodes. So uh, we're definitely going to be, and I currently, it's in the works. Uh, plenty is going to have to uh, happen for this to even uh, become a thing. But in the next five episodes I want to plan, I, like I said, this is all tentative plans, so don't get your hopes up. But in the next five episodes, let me see if I can get Ryan and Matt back on the podcast to run it back with the top 10 shooting guards. I'm going to do my own point guards list, of course. That's probably going to be Friday's episode. But I really, really want to get one of the boys on for the uh, for uh, the top 10 shooting guards. Because I think to this day, the most watched episode is last year's top 10 shooting guards list. No joke. That... I wouldn't even say viral because, like I said, it's kind of hard to go viral on a podcast. But that's like the one podcast I think that's hit like almost four plus, like 400 plus, which is ridiculous. Like, it's genuinely crazy. Like, to this day, it's been almost a year. It's been what? It was early, mid October when we did that. Almost a year later. Still my most viewed episode, and like honestly, my favorite episode because it's two and a half, two and a half hours of straight up just comedy from the boys. The first time that all three of us together had linked on the podcast. Today's, I think it's today's day that the only time Matt's been on the podcast. Like I said, plenty, we've had plenty of Ryan episodes, and all of them have been dope. But to this day, I think that's been the best episode, my favorite episode. Put it that way. I don't think it's the most quality, but the best episode, my favorite episode from that era of the of the ZCP. For sure, was the pod with them on top ten shooting guards in a 2018 redraft. Which, if we're doing a 2018 redraft, that list looks a lot different from a year ago. We'll put it that way. I'm doing that. Like, we're going to put it that way. But overall, like I said, I just want to get into uh, the offseason rebuild. But like I said, that's just what uh, I want to talk about with the podcast in the next couple of weeks. Like I said, I'm, it's tentative because I haven't heard back from the Ryan yet, so I'm not going. Just outright say we're going to get that episode done, but I texted him earlier, haven't him got a response. So if Ryan, if you listening to this, check your phone, bro. <laughs> this is a uh, this is a, a PSA. But overall, outside of that, like I said, we ain't get. A, I don't have a whole lot of content planned out. Like I said, we got top ten cent point guards, shooting guards, small forward, power forward, and center. That'll probably take up the first half of the month. I'm still contemplating if I want to do the podcast on my birthday. I'm really contemplating that. Because I believe, all right, so I'm going to do the math, like live math on air. Uh, 20 or the 30th, I believe it is. That's the Tuesday. For sure, we're going to get that podcast. That's that's a podcast. That's a team. That's power rankings. The second, that's uh the second is a Friday. That's going to be the point guards list. The sixth is going to be shooting guards. The ninth is going to be small forwards. The 13th power forwards and the 16th is centers. That leaves one episode before I even try to comp. And even then, we could probably, it's probably just going to, something big, something huge could happen. Like a complete left turn in the Kevin Durant thing happens, and that wipes out the top 10 point guards thing easily. So we just push it back a day. But the current plans is, like I said, that the point guard should be That ends on the 16th. So that leaves the 20th, and then, of course, like I said, my birthday, the 23rd. Don't know if I want to do a podcast that day. Probably just want to take a chill day. Probably chill with, just uh, maybe chill with the folks. If not, probably just chill on my own. Just do something completely different. 
doubt that there's going to be a podcast. But then we come back on the 30th. And, you know, we, we good as new. But for sure, for sure, want to uh, get that get that out the way. Just want to get, like I said, the next probably month at this point of a podcast. Just right there. Boom. Tell your friends about it. Anyway, what I actually wanted to get into uh, earlier, off-season reviews. This is the final episode, man. Without uh, being said, first one, Toronto Raptors. Plenty of Toronto Raptors type signings. Let's be honest. Otto Porter, Juancho Hernan Gomez, DJ Wilson. Two out of the three do the exact same thing. DJ Wilson is a more he has played center for the what, the last couple of years of his career, especially with Houston and even with like San Antonio. Or was it San Antonio? Was it San Antonio? He played somewhere else. I don't remember, but definitely in Houston for sure. He was playing the five because they were running small, basically just trying to look like they're tanking. But for the most part, like I said, he's been up four in his career. But like Otto Porter, he can play three, four. He even played some five with the Warriors. Juancho Hernan Gomez, he can play some three, some four. He can defend. He can shoot. Same with Otto Porter. Same with DJ Wilson. Those are three Toronto Raptors pickups. And I think all of them are going to eventually stick. The Raptors honestly didn't lose a whole lot in free agency. Like I said, they brought back Thaddeus Young. They were able to give uh, Pascal an extension. Or did they? I think they, they did. Actually, a lot again. They didn't extend Pascal. Um, they got plenty of going on with OG Ananobi. I don't know if it's going to be OG, OG plus something that equals a big name. I don't know, Mitchell. Or they go get, uh, or it's like OG for something plus something in a trade. Maybe it's, maybe it's a Miami deal. I've seen Miami linked a few times with OG Ananobi, but for the most part, Duncan and Tyler Hero, I think is a little much for OG Ananobi. Especially if that's a trade package that you're willing to throw for Donovan Mitchell, I think you're gonna have to to slice that down just a little bit for OG Ananobi. If I'm Toronto Raptors, I don't think that's, I don't think Miami's gonna do that trade. Let me put it that way. Um, for that outside of that, like the Toronto Raptors, they really don't have anything else. Like I, said, I don't think Donovan Mitchell's in the playing cards. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um. There isn't uh, now that Kevin Durant. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they're trying to anything for Kevin Durant at this point. Even if Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is trying to run it back with the Brooklyn Nets, I think that's still a, a touchy situation. All in all, I think the Toronto Raptors for sure are a playoff team next season. The Scotty Barnes a uh, year two jump is going to be crazy, but outside of that, like I said, it's a pretty mellow situation in Toronto. Like I said, Pascal will probably have another all-star appearance. I think Fred VanVleet still going to have another solid season. Gary Trent Jr. is still going to be really efficient from three. Still going to be one of the best defenders in the league. Like I said, this team, I don't see nothing dropping off on this team. And again, they just added Otto Porter, which fits their system like a glove. Like, all in all, solid pickups. I think for sure, playoff team could be top four, honestly, if they play their cards right. Because they were what? They were fifth last year. They were they were fifth last year with rookie Scotty. I think a second year Scotty for sure gets them top four. And even then, like I, said, I think they take Miami spot in that top four. Honestly, not number one, obviously, but for sure, I think they took Miami spot in that top four. But like you said, who knows? That's just me though. Next team I want to talk about the Portland Trailblazers again. A team that didn't do a whole lot in the off season. Like they traded for Jeremy Grant. They signed GP2, which I thought was a, a solid get at the perfect price. Because that's around the Alex Caruso uh, price, too. 
which they play a similar role in Portland. I think Caruso for sure is the better shooter, but I think uh, like overall they're around the, the same. I'd say on the defensive side of the ball, I think they they bring the same energy, and again, I think they give around the same production. So it's like not too bad of a pickup from Portland. Does he start? Obviously not. They were able to bring back Anthony Simons, of course. Uh, they I was, another year of me saying they should trade Damian. They should have traded Damian Lillard a long time ago. But overall, not too bad of a, a situation they got when it comes to GP. I mean, when it comes to playoff season, sorry. But uh, GP two, like I said, good pickup. Jeremy Grant was a really good pickup. People clown us for only getting a first round pick for it, but when you realize that first round pick turned into was it Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, and uh, Jalen Duran? Y'all look stupid now, don't y'all? Where Jeremy Green has a ceiling in Portland, we can't put a ceiling on the eighteen year old center. That's just the way. That's just the way it is. All right, let me stop. Um, but for sure, like I said, W pickup from Portland. I still don't see them being that good, if I'm being honest with you. Now I gotta see how Damian Lillard looks next season. Damian Lillard has taken worse to <laughs> has taken worse the top four seeds. So maybe, maybe I'm just hating on Dame at this point. But overall, I think Damian Lillard can take this team to the play in. Cause I think they'll be better than Utah. Unfortunately, they'll be better than OKC. We'll get to that uh later. But Obviously, we're going to get uh, – I think they'll be better than Houston probably. Them and the Lakers are neck and neck for some reason with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. This That might be uh, a little bit disrespectful to the Lakers, but I think this they're around that same area, if I'm being honest with you. And I think they'll be better than Utah, so that's good enough to be in the play-in. So, for sure, 10 seed, I don't know if that's what they made all of these moves to do, is to be to the 10 seed, but – like I said, to each his own. Next, the Golden State Warriors. This is an, also an interesting situation for two reasons. Reason number one is they lost more than I thought they did. Like, reason, originally, you think about it, they tooled the people they lost in the offseason. We've already talked about GP2 and Otto Porter. They lost Damian Lee. They lost JTA. They lost Nemanja Bielitsa. They lost Iguodala, which... You can argue if those dudes are doing anything on the team anyway. But like I said, and when you realize that like, their best pickup this year was Dante DiVincenzo, granted, they have like their top four and they still have the young core, obviously, with uh, JP. They still got, um, I said top four, they got top five. They still got JP. They still got Kaminga. They still got uh, Moses Moody. But this is definitely a skin down version of last year's Warriors team, man. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to hate. By the way, I, Shoot, I haven't even given my draft, uh, my my overall grades. Toronto B plus, Portland I gave it a B minus only because, like I said, the Jeremy Grant thing is a little bit wishy washy, and we still don't know what's going to happen with Shade Sharp. But the Golden State Warriors overall gave it a B. Like I said, it's not a bad offseason. I love <laughs> people don't realize how much I love Jamichael Green and how ridiculously good he's going to fit in this Warriors system. Dante DiVincenzo, I think, at least on the defensive side of the basketball, for sure will be good for the Warriors. Offense, kind of in, but he's also playing with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Jeremiah Green, Andrew Wiggins, et cetera, et cetera. He's going to be open a lot. I think that three-point percentage will for sure go up because he's got a lot more spacing around him as opposed to what it was in Sacramento. And even in Milwaukee, honestly. I think for sure he's going to uh, 
like I said, he's probably going to get more of an opportunity with the Warriors that he did than he did in his last season with the Bucks. Even like I said, Patrick uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. I think it was a W pickup because like let's be honest, like he's he's replacing Amani Bielitsa, who was thirty five and not mobile at all. I think Patrick Baldwin and Jamichael Green, for that matter, I think both fit like in that same mold as a like a glove, honestly. Because again, you have they can defend, they can shoot, and they can drop to the basket as bigs, which is a rarity. Especially coming off the bench, like usually off the bench, bigs are typically guys that you like lob threats. But for sure, Jamichael Green is a really good shooter. I think Patrick Baldwin has the potential to be a really good shooter in the NBA. And even Dante Divincenzo was solid, solid enough shooting with zero spacing around him. I think he'll be a good shooter. This is this is a system built on being a good shooter slash being a good defender. If you can shoot and you can defend, you're going to get minutes on the Warriors. That's just how it is. Just to ask. Like Damian Lee, he was a shooter for a couple of years. Granted, he fell off a little bit last year. He still got a PT. G- GP2 got was one of the best defenders in the NBA statistically last year. Just didn't get the PT to, to back that up. But for sure, was a really good defender. And he ended up getting PT, especially in the playoffs. He was a John Morant guy. The only guy that could really stay in front of John Morant, especially uh, in that, that Grizzly series. And shoot, even with uh with Dallas, he was like the, the, Luka, the Luka guy. Granted, it ended up being Wiggins. Or uh, I said... Made myself look stupid there. It was Williams. Like, he didn't get to play a lot, but, like, he would have been the guy that's, like, the devil's for Jalen Brunson. In the playoffs, he would have been the guy for Marcus Smart. Or in the final, sorry, he would have been the guy for Marcus Smart. He would have been, for sure, the guy that uh, that would have been guarding a lot of those dudes come uh, come playoffs. Like like I said, in the come conference finals and finals time. But I think... In Portland, he's going to be that guy. I think that's probably the biggest loss Golden State had this offseason. Even though Otto Porter had a couple good games in the playoffs and even a couple good games in the regular season, all in all, he just wasn't getting a whole lot of PT, and he was kind of like – he's kind of like what they heard. I wouldn't even say what they heard from Barnes because that was more Wiggins, but he was kind of like the, the bench – bench. He was, I guess you could say Iguodala a little bit. He was kind of like the bench Iguodala in a way where he was – more of just like that, he was a Swiss Army knife, but didn't put up the numbers to look make it look like he was a Swiss uh, Swiss Army knife. Swiss Army knife, but overall, I think he can do that in Toronto, uh, and even JTA. I don't see him getting a whole lot of PT in LA just because they have a, such a clog in the ba- uh, the back court and the clog in the front court, and like he just doesn't really fit anywhere. I think he was more of just a. Hey LeBron, I, I kind of LeBron's like I kind of like this dude in Golden State. What's his name? Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson. I think he, he basically got the contract because of that. Which, no disrespect, plenty of people do, but overall, it wasn't like the the biggest loss for the Warriors, especially uh, last year where a lot of people took took spots ahead of him, specifically Jonathan Kaminga and Otto Porter. But overall, I think this is a B offseason for the Warriors. Didn't really lose too much outside of GP two. And gained a couple of really solid pieces in Dante DiVincenzo and, and Jermichael Green for sure. W's on their part. A team I can't say the same thing about, unfortunately. The Washington Wizards. The final team in this, in this, uh, sim- I wouldn't even say in the simulation, Lord, <laughs> in this, uh, review se- se- uh, series. But overall, best pickup was Will Barton. They lost, uh, KCP, that's kind of like an offset. But then, like I said, you lose Thomas Bryant, who's your starter. 
Tomas Sadoransky and Raul Nettle, who's basically sharing point guard minutes last year with them. Monte Morris they, is your, your restarting point guard, which I've been on record saying that, like, good backup point guards don't make good point uh, starting point guards. Good backup point guards are good backup point guards for a good backup point guards for a reason. But overall, overall, they basically just swap point guards. Like that was like their big thing. Was like we got rid of Raul Neto, Tomas Sadoransky, and Is Smith, and we got back Monte Morris, Delon Wright, and Johnny Davis. Who I think they will experiment at the point guard position this year because why not? And they also picked up Taj Gibson, which I thought was a head scratcher because I thought Taj Gibson was only in the league because he made so much money on the Knicks that like they couldn't really do anything with him. He ends up getting waived anyway, bought out, and then goes to the Wizards. Very, very head scratch and pickup in my opinion. Cause like why? This team does not screen good. I don't even think I've been again, I'll try to make this argument with my homeboy Jakai, who's a Wizards fan. He won he tried to make the argument that this team was mid. I'm like, wait, what? Mid? Dog, this team sucks. And again, I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, this team sucks. All the law. They're I'm not I'm not the type to call a rebuild a team sucks. But when you're a team that just paid Bradley Beal a super max contract with a no trade clause, mind you, you paid him the no tr- the the max. You still got Kuzma, who's gonna probably want, or sorry, you're gonna want Denny Adia, who's gonna want the extension next year. You're gonna have one uh, Rui Hachimura, who wants his extension this year. Daniel Gafford, I think, got paid, but he's gonna be up next season. Um, you have plenty of dudes that's going to need to get paid. Plus the young dudes you already have on this roster. That sucks. This team sucks, bro. They're in a bad situation. Them and the Lakers, I think, are the two worst situations in the NBA. That's not even a a joke. I think legit the two worst situations in the NBA. I think the Wizards are in a better situation because they have a young player that I believe in. Shout out to Johnny Davis and Danny Adil. But even Rui Hajimura, I think, he can be a solid enough shooter or scorer in the NBA. I think... The shot is coming along, but it's it, it's going to take time to develop, and that's what you got to do with young players. 21, 22 years old, they're not, I'm not expecting them to be superstars yet. Development is is a serious uh, thing to have as an NBA franchise. You have to develop, 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 develop. But now that we finished the uh, offseason or the review series, Wanted to get into a couple of more, a couple more news. Unfortunately, word got back. Chet Holmgren broke his foot. Now, on the 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 play with LeBron James, I don't have to explain it to you. I don't have to go in detail about how he broke his foot, but it's official that he did break his foot. Now it's genuinely sad to see news like that. No joke, it is genuinely sad to see news of that sort because, like, you you never want to, especially from somebody who's 19 years old and is about to make fat money in the NBA with all the potential in the world to be a superstar. And he even has the, the attitude of a superstar. I think legit Chet Holmgren could be that guy, and it's just going to take another year for us to see it, unfortunately, because... And I'm, I'm, oh my God, I've been annoyed trying to, or not even trying, but seeing 
oh, it's because he's slender, and oh, because he he hasn't put on weight, or oh, he he's just he he's not built for the NBA. And I just want to be honest with you, bro. Nobody in the last six draft classes have been quote unquote built for the NBA. Guards who are 185 pounds, shoot big men. Shout out to Chris Dallas Porzingis. Outside of the one ACL injury, hasn't really dealt with nagging or hasn't really dealt with a major blow in his career. He had the, the one play. And again, that was more of a just freak accident than anything. I don't, I don't think it had anything to do with his body. But guys who are skinnier aren't that heavily injury prone. We can even talk about like Joel Embiid. That man's just 260 in college with an, with an injury like that. Just being big, it, like being a center, you are more prone to knee injuries than if you're a guard. Because you have such long legs, such slender, slender legs, no matter what your weight is, whether you're 180 or you're 260, like you're going to have like big legs or just long legs in general because you're seven feet tall. Obviously, that's just common sense. That was going to happen regardless. Chet Homer wasn't going to go 20 years without an injury. No, who has even done that? Like, has gone 20 years without having a, a significant maybe John Stockton? Like, just I'm just thinking of players in general, not big men. Big men, I think every big man goes through his injuries, even Kareem, towards the last five, six years of his career. Legendary big man that played 20 years and was good in 19 of, of those 20 years. But being honest with you, he was dealing with injuries his, at the end of his career. Every big man goes through it. Shaq was dealing with them basically from the time he was in Phoenix. He was dealing with, even in Miami, he was dealing with plenty of injuries. But for the most part, big men go through it all. But I can't even think of a of a player in general, guard forward or center, that has gone 15, 20 years of their career without having an, a single injury. John Stockton might be the one. And even then, like, <laughs> that's a touchy subject in its own. But for the most part, every every player goes through it. Every big man for sure goes through it. No big man has played all 82 games the last 10 years of their career. Or even the first 10 years of their career. DeAndre Jordan had, had probably done that with three, four years in a row in his career when he was with the Clippers. But at Philly, that, that took a toll on him. Him playing four or five straight years. That took a toll on him when he was with uh with uh Brooklyn. That took it. It it's he sucked in Brooklyn, and then it happened going to L.A. He was bad there. He his back had given out on him at that point. Same thing in Philly, and probably now in Denver. Denver signed him so Jokic could play forty eight minutes. Have an excuse to play forty eight minutes. Like it's that's basically the situation we've gone through. Sorry, but that's the that's that's the the point. That's the the big take here. That Chet Chet was going to get injured regardless. It had nothing to do with his body. It had nothing to do with the the way it, with the way he landed. Absolutely has everything to do with and honestly the conditions of the court. A a, a a game that was canceled due to conversation on the court. He happened to get injured. The 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 seven foot slender dude got injured. Crazy uh, crazy that that's even thought. Wow, like that's groundbreaking information. That it's it's weird. That is weird. 
information. That's weird uh, from people out there. That's like, oh, his he's not built for the NBA. I'm telling you now, if he wasn't built for the NBA, he wouldn't be in the NBA. That's just a fact. Was Chris Porzingis built for the NBA when he was drafted in 15? Even though talent didn't, uh, t- talent wise, he wasn't. Was Dragon Bender quote unquote, Bender quote unquote built for the NBA in 2016? Was Mo Wagner built for the NBA in 18? Again, talent was wishy washy when he was with the Lakers, but for the most part, was he built for the Lake uh, for the NBA in, in 18? I doubt it. I'm trying to think of 19 was anybody of that same build in that draft class. Don't remember. But point is, we're not going to, we're not taking these seven foot one ninety five dudes. Like like come on now, seven footers get injured no matter how much they weigh. That's just that's just a matter of fact. But overall, like I said, that's that's just people being weird on the timeline. Um, <laughs> uh, one more miniature story that I wanted to just discuss. It was a uh, D'Angelo Russell. I believe it was on a podcast. I don't remember what podcast he was on, but. This man was on a podcast, and <laughs> and the, he was it's basically like a, a D'Angelo. He was talking about his uh, welcome to the NBA moment. It was like they called timeout, or it was basically he was guarding Damian Lillard. He was like, "We were in Portland, we're playing Dame to start uh start of the game. I'm guarding him. This dude pulls up deep ball three, come down foul on and one. Look up deep ball three, another one. And it was, his story was like they called timeout. Kobe looks at me like." What you want that MF to to have fifty? Dame had D'Angelo Russell dizzy, bro. I had a couple things to decipher. Number one, why was Dame a rookie D'Lo guarding at that point was quote unquote underrated Damian Lillard, where his fans was crying every year because he wasn't making All Star team. Quote unquote underrated Damian Lillard. It was, anyways. That that's a whole nother thing we're gonna get to with the late. Uh, we're going to stop Lakers hate for the night, for the day, bro. But like I said, I just want to talk about it. Just a few things that was going on uh, in the, the NBA community that I had to deal with along with doing the rebuild series or review series. We're going to be doing rankings the next episode. Of course, we're going to be doing uh, um top 10 point guard shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center going into September 16th. And like I said, I'm going to come up with some more topics to, to hold us over until the preseason, man, because – we're only about 35 days away from the preseason, which is even a ridiculous statement to make. But October 1st, man, we, we ready for sure. I think we can close the podcast out right there, though. If you missed the previous 140, uh, 40 episodes of the Zaycoma podcast, you can check them out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, and, of course, right here on Anchor. Until next time, I love you. You love me. Let's love each other. Goodbye.